0: they're coming after the middle class right because it's the middle class that has the roughly 16 trillion dollars in iras and 401ks and 403bs and folks you have never paid tax on that money and they're coming after it because that's the easiest place to get money for the government This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial in the San Diego area, and Thomas O'Connell, president and managing principal of International Financial Advisory Group, Inc. in Rockaway, New Jersey. Together, they'll be keeping retirement happy from coast to coast.
1: Welcome back to the Retire Happy Podcast. I am John Armarino, your holistic retirement planner on the West Coast. And I am, of course, joined by my new co-host on the East Coast, Tom O'Connell.
0: Your retirement, your way.
1: How are you doing, Tom? I'm great, John. How are you? Good, good. You have a good weekend?
0: I did, thank you. It was was quiet, actually, which is uh, a good thing. A little rainy and got caught up on some uh, reading material. That's really about it, I guess. Not too much happened. How about you?
1: Nice, nice. Well, it was uh, Bree and I's 11th anniversary, so we got oh, awesome. 10-10-10, so went out to uh, True Lux on Saturday night, and then uh, the rest of the weekend is your typical. We we had some family and friends over on Friday night, and then Sunday is church and baseball, so nice time Good to get the you. week started, so
0: well, congratulations on that big 11.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. It's amazing how she's put it. I don't know how me. she
0: did. I was just going to say, I, I don't know how she does it, but. Yeah, I figured I'd beat you to the punchline.
1: <laughs> so, well, Tom, on today's show, we are going to be discussing the tax proposal that our geniuses in Congress. Now, For all the, for all of Tom's listeners, and Tom can back this up, when I say geniuses in Congress, I say that with disdain and sarcasm.
0: so exactly how i would say it (laughs) (laughs) so
1: we're going to talk about uh what these geniuses are proposing and and some of the things that you should know so uh you know some of them aren't going to pertain to too many people but uh, there are things that you need to to understand because i'm a firm believer that you can only hit the upper echelon so high before it starts to trickle down to the middle class and middle class millionaires. Wouldn't you say,
0: Tom? It has to, it's simple math. I was explaining this to someone actually just this morning, I was with a client. You know, if you added up all the one percenters and you took away all their wealth, that would barely pay one year's interest on our debt. So if all you're doing is taxing their wealth and not taking it, then the simple math tells us that at some point in time, they're going to have to start coming after the ten percent, then the twenty percent, then the fifty percent, then the hundred percent. It's just it's simple mathematics
1: and the other thing that I often tell people is you covered the that you covered the one percent beautifully, but the other thing I always tell people is that only half this nation is paying taxes. so uh, really understand the middle class tax burden in this country is huge
0: and it's getting worse
1: yeah and you know while we like to say we punish the upper 1% the two biggest jumps in the tax code go from 12 to 22 and from 24 to 32 and that's in this
0: proposal that you you you're talking about the new proposal
1: well no that's that's been the tax code even even under the tax cuts and jobs act that's you know under the current code but the, those jumps have always been you know with the lesser amount of tax brackets you know, back in the '80s, we had, I think, about fifteen tax brackets. Now we only have the seven. But out of the seven that we've had now for quite a few years, the largest tax bracket jumps go from twelve to twenty-two, and from twenty-four right. to thirty-two. So understand that, folks. So while some of these may be like, well, I don't have to worry about that, just think that that Congress may be tipping their eventual hand. So without further ado. Let's talk about it. Number 1, there is going to be a higher top tax rate. So, the new top income tax rate will move from 37% up to 39.6%. Not a huge rate increase, however. And another thing I've always told uh, my clients and listeners is you need to understand that when they lower the tax bracket, that that's like a marketing term. That lowering the tax bracket is not a good thing for the taxpayer. So, in this case, in my opinion, this is the big salvo here because right now the 37% tax bracket for a single filer is 523601 and up. And for a current or for a, the current for a married filing is 628301 Well, those brackets are going to get lowered. So to, be, to qualify now for the 39.6 bracket for a single filer, it's $400,001. And for married filing jointly, that's $450,001. So higher tax rates are coming for the higher income earners. The second thing, and I'm gonna let Tom talk about this, is what they're doing to the the, uh, potential tax increases on dividends and long-term capital gains.
0: Yeah, so what they're looking to do is basically get rid of your long-term capital gain tax. And what they're looking to do is, or what they're proposing to do is, change your capital gains tax to either whatever your current tax rate is, your marginal tax rate, or 39.6%. So we've heard both of them. But right now, the one that is in front of Congress is that whatever your tax, your marginal tax rate is, that's what your capital gains tax is going to be very similar to what we had in the 1970s and early 80s, before uh, Reagan changed that with his overhaul of the tax system it's a big deal. Because currently, if you're making up to 80000 or $90,000, you have a 0% cap long term capital gains rate, then you have the next rate is uh, 15% up to I believe 400 or 450,000. And then above that is 20%. So if you're, you know, even a, a a moderate income level and you have maybe some family stock from I have clients that have at and from their grandparents right going all the way back to the old bell lab days you have something like that you're it doesn't matter uh, what your income level is you're going to be paying tax at basically the highest level that you can pay it at uh, whenever you go ahead and sell it and this is the same problem that again we saw in the in the 70s and early 80s and it's just going to, this is going to hurt the, the middle class people far more than it's going to hurt the one the percenters or the 10 percenters. You know, honestly, it's nuts. Uh, the other part of that is also what they want to do for, again, quote unquote, the super wealthy, right, is um, they want to tax assets that you haven't even sold. So an appreciated asset that you haven't even sold yet, they want to charge you a wealth tax on that. Again, uh, this is ju- it gets nuttier and nuttier every time you take a dive into this thing.
1: Well, you know, with a thirty trillion dollar debt, you have to get nuttier and creative um, because you need to to get that tax money that uh, you're gonna frivolously spend.
0: Oh my God, <laughs> or, you're not kidding, right? Yeah. I, I mean, it just. I get at a loss for words and i'm from new jersey so sometimes the words that i want to use you can't put on the air yeah uh so this isn't the howard stern show exactly exactly so it's just um it's mind-boggling the way they think right and we're going to talk about the elimination of roth roth iras or how and or how they're looking to change those as well there's other things about gifting about estate taxes about for those out there who have life insurance trusts, how they may actually become disqualified uh, in the estate tax planning because they're going after every dollar you have. And again, I don't mean to go on and on about this, but as John was saying at the beginning, is they're coming after the middle class, right? Because it's the middle class that has the roughly $16 trillion in, IRAs and 401ks and 403 Bs and folks, you have never paid tax on that money. And they're coming after it, because that's the easiest place to get money for the government. Um, that in the estate tax because dead people don't vote unless you live in Chicago.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that is as true. the old
0: saying goes. And,
1: you know, the you made a great point with You know how they're coming after us, and that is why you know so much of my practice is the conversation around tax management because we already saw that first salvo with the Secure Act and they got rid of the stretch IRA, now it's the 10 year. Now, one thing they're doing now is the eliminating of Roth conversions. Okay, Let, let me just point of clarification they're not messing with Roth 401ks, they're not getting rid of the Roth IRA, but they're getting rid of two strategies that are pretty popular, the backdoor Roth IRA and the conversion of the mega backdoor uh, Roth IRAs. And those are going to go away in 2022, regardless of your income. And just two weeks ago, Tom and I were sitting uh, next to each other and. At the Brookstone Capital Management Inspire conference, and they had Ed Slott talking. And Ed Slott covered a lot of these topics. And, you know, he said that the reason why they're going after Roth IRAs is simple one person, Peter Thiel. And for those of you who don't know who Peter Thiel is, uh, he was the CEO of PayPal. And Ed Slott does a great breakdown of this in his August newsletter and really quick. So Peter Thiel, what he did was he made the maximum contribution for his Roth IRA in 1999, which was $2,000. And he used the funds in his Roth IRA to purchase, uh, shares of his company PayPal, which that, you know, he co-founded and that grew. And what was his uh, total uh, balance in his Roth IRA, Tom? Uh,
0: A couple billion dollars.
1: That's just a cool couple billion dollars. So, you know, funny thing is, is uh, he's not the first multimillionaire to take advantage of this. Uh, Mitt Romney actually had $12 million in a traditional IRA, and that made headlines. However, the big difference is Romney's IRA is taxable. Pierre Thiel's is not. So- now, and he
0: has, and he has uh, required minimum distributions, and Peter Thiel does not.
1: Correct, correct. So now they're going to come after the rest because one guy, and you know, the funny thing is, is whether we, you know, th- this is a very complex case of, of whether Peter Thiel did something wrong or right. But what a lot of people don't understand is when they When you have these ultra wealthies, first of all, they're not doing it yourself. They have a team of experts. And, you know, and Peter Thiel, whether he's right or wrong, he's going to go and he's going to fight this and he's going to roll out 700 tax attorneys and accountants versus the one IRS agent. And, you
0: know, can I, if I could jump in, you know, just it's not necessarily about what's right or wrong. He was playing the game that Congress established the rules of. And where where I have an issue, I my issue is is that if he had done this in a regular IRA, there wouldn't be as much of a complaint or a complaint at all because eventually the government's going to have to tax it, and nobody complains when the, when the government raises taxes on people and they have to pay a higher income tax on their qualified assets than when they saved it in those qualified plans, right? So. The guy didn't do anything nefarious. He just played by the rules. Now, right. if you don't like the rules, you change them. But don't complain about them, Congress, because you're the ones who established them. Right. Sorry, I'm off my high horse now.
1: But, uh, and, and I agree with you there, Tom. But my, my point there is that not, every, not all those one percenters, right? They, they, they may play by the rules in the gray area. But just remember... Right, they're they're writing these laws for the rest of us because the one percenters were able to work the system, whether completely in line or whether they're in the gray area. But let's say Peter Thiel, just hypothetically speaking, let's say he was in the gray area. Well, guess what? Do you or I have the ability to roll out, you know, the top, you know, couple dozen accountants and tax attorneys, that, the best that money can buy, to go to the IRS? And represent, and you know, essentially destroy the one agent that they're up against. No, so again, um, you know, we're having laws written for us that really, you know, uh, that were done by you know the one percent. Whether whether he played the game exactly right or was in the gray area, either way, he either was correct and game the system, or he has the resources to make sure that. It could be in the end, you know, uh, that he, he wins. So, you know, one, one thing is, is that, you know, the backdoor Roth IRA, which is taking non-deductible IRAs and converting it to Roth IRAs, that's going to be going away. And it's, it's regardless of income level. So 2022, uh, that's going to go away. And so will the uh, mega backdoor Roth. So that's the first salvo. On Roths, the second one, Tom, if you want to cover this one, is no Roth conversions in 2032 for individuals with over 400,000 or 450,000 married filing jointly. Right. So conversions being the key word because 2010 law said there anybody with any amount of money can convert. Now we're not talking contributions; we're taking we're talking about taking the IRA money, paying the tax on that money, and con, you know converting the set amount paying the tax and making it a Roth conversion.
0: Right, and this is where you know either Congress is totally confused or again, they're they're playing the game, right? Because they're putting this change off for 10 more years. So for the next 10 years, you can convert as much as you want whenever you want. And the reason they're doing it is because there's a $30 trillion debt and $200 trillion of unfunded liabilities. And they want the tax money, and so Roth uh, doing Roth conversions right now is a hot strategy. Especially if these uh, income tax changes go through, these marginal tax rates go through, you're going to see more and more Roth conversions. And the government knows that, and so they and they want those tax dollars. Not only do they want them, they need them. So that's how you know they're not serious about that part of it. Otherwise, they wouldn't put off the conversion getting rid of the conversion for ten, you know for 10 years. Yeah. One of the things that I think we're you're going to see a change over the next few years is that you're going to and, and they have done this par, partially for the for the people with mega roths like a, a Peter Thiel, right? They're going to start having required minimum distributions from Roth IRAs. Now, that doesn't change the tax-free effect of it. Right. So even with a required minimum distribution from a Roth, that'll be a tax redistribution. But what does that do with those dollars once they come out? Right. You're gonna, once those dollars come out, they're either going to be spent or reinvested and you can't reinvest them back into a Roth. So what the government is doing is they're forcing people to put money back into the system. So it's taxable because, because they understand how big, of a benefit they've given away with the Roth and they can't live off of the government can't live off of tax-free money. So they're going to f- they want to force that money back into circulation and that that's the next thing that you're going to see after this.
1: And you know, we always talk about the Roth conversions and and really should you do a Roth conversion and I don't know about you Tom, but literally 99 out of 100 people that come into my office say, hey, listen, we believe taxes are going to be much higher in the future. The one person just says, yeah, we believe taxes are going to be higher. But even if they don't raise taxes, you have two important things to understand about why the Roth is better, or three reasons why the Roth is better than the IRA. Number one, you know, unless you're going to be in these these higher earners, you know, currently you don't have the RMD. Number two, if you're married and one spouse dies, the surviving spouse, their taxes are going to increase because you're going to go from married to filing, married filing jointly to single filer. Not only that, where your social security will also, the provisional income will be moved from married to single, and so will your Medicare premiums. And then number three, last but not least, is, you know, let's call it the Peter Thiel rule, right? He took his $2,000 contributions and had, massive stock appreciation all outside of the hands of the government. So all that growth that you're going to get from here on out will also be tax-free. So really, I mean, this is, you know, especially if you're in your 60s, the golden time to really start doing tax management planning is now.
0: Totally before you start hitting those required minimum distribution ages, kind of in between your uh, the years of your what, um, 59 and a half to 72, those are kind of the magical years, anybody can do a Roth conversion. So I'm not saying 30 and 40 and 50 year old shouldn't. But I'm agreeing with you there, john, that 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 sweet spot is kind of 59 and a half to 72. Yeah, you know, I I think part of the problem is, uh, and we can uh, this is a great subject for another day, but I think part of the problem is, is that people still believe the old adage that you're going to retire in a lower tax bracket than your working years. And for the reasons that you just said, uh, and, a, and a plethora of others, that just doesn't happen to you know, 90, 95% of the people. Uh, so in a rising tax environment, like we're seeing, the likelihood is like the people that are coming into your office that agree with it, tax rates are going to be higher across the board for everybody. There's an organization called the Peter Peterson Foundation, uh, run by a guy named David Walker, who used to be the Comptroller General for the United States under three different presidents. And basically, for the last 10 years, he's been going around the country and saying, basically, that we in order to uh, fix our fiscal problems today, we need to double marginal tax rates across the board. So that means the 10 goes to the 20, the 12 goes to 24, the 22 goes to 44, so on and so forth.
1: And he now, and just to put that in perspective, Tom, he said that in 2010, when our national debt was
0: 10 trillion. We're at 30 now. Correct, and going higher. So uh, remember that right now, every year, The government runs at a $1.5 trillion deficit, and that's before these two other infrastructure bill and this other crazy, whatever you want to call it, bill, before those even go into effect. For the next 10 years, we're already scheduled to run at a $1.5 trillion deficit, which means in 10 years, we'll be over $40 trillion in debt, and that's not including the unfunded liabilities.
1: Yes. So if if you there's any young couples out here with you with young families like myself this is just show your show your kids the government's balance sheet on how not to do your own personal balance sheet or <laughs> else you will <laughs> own nothing and you'll be bankrupt okay so we covered Ross let's go over just really quickly the fifth one is the Use or loss of the lifetime gift and estate tax exemption. So, it's, it's essentially, in 2018, the unified estate gift and tax exemption doubled from ten five to ten million per individual, and this new tax proposal brings it back down uh, to five million. Actually, it's going to be closer to six when we because adjust of for inflation. inflation. Yeah, right. So. And a lot of people might be going, okay, well, $6 million per person. You know, I have clients that were, you know, right in that cusp there. And we're not, you know, just keep in mind, estates just doesn't cover investments. So, you know, really understand that this could be a big deal, not only because it brings it down, but what happens, right? They, they just, the government proved that, yes, it was at a really high level. Now it's coming down. What happens if they decide in a couple of years that hey, we gotta lower this again?
0: Exactly.
1: And you know, New Jersey, California, you know, real estate's high, right? You you can have a shoebox here in San Diego and it'll sell for one point two million dollars. Yep. So you have to you, you really have to understand this, and this is a big reason to again stay on top of the taxes and 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 have a good relationship with your trust attorney or make sure your advisor's on top of, you know, and has a good understanding of estate planning and taxation because, you know, pretty soon we say, well, this doesn't really affect us. Kind of like a storm, right? A, a hurricane. Well, you know, it's hitting Florida right now. We're in Texas. We're fine. Well, and the next, next thing you know, it's on your doorstep.
0: You know, and this, I'm going to jump in real quick, because this falls right in hand in hand with number six, which is the, the, the effective grantor trust, the grantor trust that people have, which are things like life insurance trusts. So after 2021, going into 2022, if you have a, a life insurance trust that you set up maybe years ago that you're gifting premiums into right now, the way that they have this bill set up, if you make a premium payment in 2022, you have just now canceled out uh, the estate tax benefit and that life insurance policy now goes into your estate even though it's in a trust. So you had mentioned real estate and stocks and bonds. That's all part of your estate, but you are gonna, we're gonna start seeing people that have these life insurance trusts and maybe they've had them for years and years and years that accidentally maybe make one premium payment and it gets rid of all the estate tax protection. And that life insurance policy now becomes part of the estate. Yeah. So it's a, a, diabolical, to be honest with you, in my opinion, you yeah. know, you know. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe I'm being slightly facetious, but only slightly. Yeah.
1: And, and again, um, you know, Congress, let's just say they're self-serving, all right? They it, it, it's, it, it is really the it's two layers of of living and the rules to live by because you know congress they don't have to pay taxes on social security they exempted themselves from that they didn't have to take part in the aca remember those forced uh, aca mandates where you'd be taxed so you under, understand that you know every time congress gets together to to make some new laws it's probably not going to be in our best interest and I think that's we, we, it doesn't take a, a, a genius to understand that just by looking at how nothing gets done in DC anymore. So I always tell clients listen, when it comes to this, especially taxes, you know, there's so much that we can't control in our life, but taxes, at least for a small window, you have some control over your destiny. You can pay, you know, using the Roth conversions, you can pay a tax rate that while you may not like paying the taxes now, you pay a tax rate that you understand what the cost is. And you've made a conscious and calculated decision that while I don't like paying the tax, um, I feel this is a good choice, right? You can't, you can't control the markets. We can't control, you know, even our health. Um, but this is the one bit of control you do have.
0: You can control who your business partner is. And in a, in a qualified account, an IRA, 401k, 403b, SEP IRA, whatever it is that you're making contributions to, your business partner is the government. And the government is saying, hey, our business deal is this. You put that money away and we're not going to tax you on it. You, you grow it for us. And while you're growing it for us, we're not going to tax you on it. But when it's time for that money to mature, that's when we'll decide how much of that we're going to take from you. Yes. That's the business deal you made. And so, like you're saying, John, understanding the tax code and, and taking advantage of it where you can take advantage of it when you can take advantage of it is getting rid of that business partner.
1: Yes. And to close out, we're just going to briefly cover this because this is a more advanced uh, topic and, and maybe not too many people uh, will will also have to use this. but you need to create a family limited partnership to get the discount while you still can't. And, you know, a family limited partnership or an FLP, these have been commonly used estate planning techniques because uh, quite simply, they just allow assets to be transferred for the purpose of a discount. And it allows you to reduce the value of the assets within your state. And the new proposal is going to add a provision that eliminates discounting of any non-business assets held in an FLP. So what's a non-business asset? That's passive investments or assets not used to actively conduct business. So that could be assets such as cash, stocks, bonds, options, mutual funds, annuities.
0: Your shore house, for those of you in the Jer- on the Jersey Shore, right? Your shore house, uh, that... Uh, real estate, that um, that two family or three family house that you have that you bought so that you could provide yourself some passive income but you never put it into a LLC or a business, it's just in yours and your wife's name or something along those lines, that's something that people don't realize is gonna fall under this as well.
1: Right, so limiting of the discounts on those types of assets is gonna effectively eliminate the strategy of creating the family limited partnership to simply pull together investments for the purpose of trying to obtain the discount. And you know the bad thing is these new rules would only become effective after the date of enactment. So there's a still a limited window in 2021 to establish and transfer those FLPs to holding passive investments at a discount. So if that's something that uh, you know may pertain to you. You want to you want to get on that now.
0: Yeah, and going back to the grantor trust, the same thing. So right now it looks as if they're not going to make that effective until January first, twenty twenty two. So if somebody was thinking about doing that, or um, they want to fund something like that, you need to do that this year if these rules pass. Right. So we're just saying based on the on these current rules it makes sense maybe to accelerate some of that planning. And uh, if you're doing a life insurance trust, a lot of these insurance companies will take premium payments upfront today for pre, you know, to make premium payments over a period of time. So as long as the insurance company is able to accept those premium payments between now and December 31st, uh, as long as you're not physically making that payment going going forward after 2022, then you don't have it. You don't have an issue with uh, those insurance policies being part of your estate. Ho- I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, that's great information. So, one positive, the heavily rumored step up in basis has not been included. So that would have. If uh old Grandpappy bought Coca-Cola stock for ten dollars a share and, and has held on to it for all these years and and you know, made a hundred thousand dollars off of it, you the who the beneficiary of that stock when he passed currently the it revalues on the date of death. It gets that's called the step up in basis. So if his you know, he bought it for a thousand dollars and it's now worth a hundred and one thousand dollars. The tax implication would only be from the the value of data death. so if it's a hundred and one thousand and you sold it for one hundred and two, your taxable liability for the capital gains would only be a thousand dollars. and uh, there was talk of getting rid of that. So you know that's at least a win for now, but you know don't hold your breath, I probably would be uh, on the horizon, so right we covered oh, yeah. a lot of
0: yeah and i would just say one other thing just to think about is that right now they, they haven't done it but uh one of the things that they're they are talking about is limiting how much money you're allowed to have in your qualified accounts and charging an excise tax above what that limit number is based on wealth and income just like they had in the 70s and early 80s so they are reverting back to some of the most fiscally reprehensible tax laws that we've seen over the last 50 years and they're going back to them because hey when you have 30 trillion dollars of debt and no way to pay it that's what you got to do
1: yes the irresponsible decisions of few will be paid by the masses
0: for generations to come
1: yes yes so and, and again as especially focusing on retirees and investment planning, right? Investing for retirees is different than when you're in your accumulation years. Right. For a lot of it, it's about uh, protecting a portion of your principal. And, you know, when I discuss investments with clients, right no one no one likes losing money you're at some point in time you're you're gonna your investments are gonna go down. but the big key to retirement investing is avoiding major market losses well, even with of major market losses, at some point in time, if you were to stay the course, which most people can't do, if you were able to stay the course, you recoup the losses. However, when it comes to taxes, you're locking in. Your investment losses if in a down market to pay the taxes, or you're not able to recoup those losses, right? So, if the tax rates go up 10, 15, 20%, then your dollar is no longer worth a dollar and you can't recoup those. So, you know, take, we, we covered a lot of complex issues, but taxes are important. They are your largest expense in life. So please plan for him. So if you want to discuss anything more uh, and you're here on the West Coast, give John a call in Securus Financial at 858-935-6210. Or you can visit my website at www.gosecurus.com. And Tommy, how do they contact you?
0: Well, they can certainly use my website as well, www.internationalfinancial.com. Uh, And they can reach me at 973-394-0623. Happy to take the time to speak with any of our listeners and see if we can't point you in the right direction or come up or create a plan that's going to help you through this mess that the government is making. And John, just to add on one small point to what you just said, which we both are firm, firm believers in is guaranteed income streams as well. We both believe that a client who knows on January first that their bills are going to be paid for the year through a guaranteed income stream is going to have a happier and healthier retirement. And I know you and I are both, both again, big proponents of that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, all right. Well, this is the first official show under the books. In Boy, the books, is it a doozy! And uh, yeah, it was really uplifting, folks. We're not going to always be like this, <laughs> but hey, this is important. You need to know it, um, and right. and this is the time of the year. We're coming off, uh, you know, the end of October through December. A lot of people uh, in Tom and I's office we start to do the Roth conversions. So, uh, you know, a penny saved is a penny earned. No matter and that's how, not
0: even, inc- and that's not including compound interest. Yes. No matter how small <laughs> the conversion
1: is, you know, start to start to take the proactive means and Tom and I can help you out. So Tom, until the next show, take care.
0: Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Have a great week and uh, look forward to our next chat.
1: All right. Bye-bye now.
0: Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM, Securus Financial, and International Financial Advisory Group are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Iamarino, Thomas O'Connell, and guests on this show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot